This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Alan is still missing, but our heroes are done planning, so it's time to free Neverwinter from the Unseen Hand. Will they be able to bluff their way into the Cloak Tower? Can they change the mind of the Venerable Commander Potatoes? Will they ever even meet Chickless Nage, the Chaos Mage? Find out next on Dumb Dumbs and Dragons. These guys are soulless if they're not. I think I'll leave now. (laughs) That would be best. I don't know where to go. I just start wandering. (laughs) I just (laughs) start stumbling off. Jesus Christ. Wow. I did not see that coming. (laughs) Did I? All right. So I slowly wake my way back to the upside down so you eventually make your way back. You guys are standing around and you hear Carmen be like, oh, the fuck's this old dwarf? They shot me. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, sorry, we're closed. No, 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 no. You've met me before. Gundren? No, I need to go in the back room and change. I'm too exposed. I, I, <laughs> wait, Alan? No. Who the fuck are you? Oh, that dwarf again, they keep talking about? Really Mudbutt? I, I'm sorry, you're going to have to find somewhere else. And he starts like pushing you towards the I door. shot your golem. Oh, yeah. Shooty killy. Yeah, come on in. <laughs> oh, God, it hurts so bad. He helps you back into the back room. <laughs> and I change back into myself. Yeah, I think <laughs> into you, Juniper. Like you change halfway to the room and then just kind of stumble yeah. in holding your side. Yeah. Is everyone else here? Yeah, we're all here. Moment? What happened? Just give me a minute and I'm going to lay on hands on myself <laughs> to repair my Got fucking shot, everyone. <laughs> I approached as like the most harmless thing ever, and they shot me. I didn't get close to the door. This is good. If they're that high strung, oh, we could fool them. Yeah, that's um, a good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're that crazy, because they'll never shoot a fucking priest. Like, remember, we're playing as long right as they into the chief of the holy religion. Thing. Into the fact that you're a priest. I spent. 18 years being trained to be the vessel of the God of War. I know everything. I grew up in God of War town. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is you're the vessel. Pretty recognizable figure. The no, sun. no, no. Look at all the beardy stuff, all the face paint. There's a reason why we play this all up. It's like nobody knows what a priest looks like when they walk by. They see the robes and go, brr. Also, honestly, red right. beards, people started dyeing them red with our family. It got popular. Okay. So Juniper fills you in on the information she was able to ascertain, and now you have a rough plan for approaching the tower. So so it's early morning now. You've heard the ceremony is going to happen at high noon, as these things are like to do. 
You make your way to the cloak tower with Quinny and Juniper in disguise. You guys are unseen hand guards, right? Unseen hand, yep. I'll turn into a man just for another layer of deception. And then we've got the hillock and the priest. As you approach the tower, the guards raise their rifles, not up, but they kind of have them at the ready. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we didn't hear about any inspections today. Of course you didn't. This was a surprise inspection. I am Zarkan Warbringer, here to test your readiness. Yes, sir. Excellent work this morning. I see you passed my confused old man test. Sir. And they both drop to one knee and they're like, we failed to kill him, sir. Ah, but that was good. He left. We need to control this populace and keep them on their knees, not in their graves. Volker, can you roll me some sort of check? I'll uh, let you determine <laughs> what you want it to be. But basically, like, deception is not your forte. Yeah. So I think it's you're doing some, like, awkward sword <laughs> leaning and posturing. So I'll let you roll the kind of check you want. It can be intimidate. It can be deception. It can be performance. Could I'd you let justify you do another one? athletics if you start flexing. It's just something to <laughs> yes. get some... That's the one. I will flex the hell out of it, but very impressively. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, 14. It's still fine. It's still fine. I feel like given the size of a gift, like those people you see at the gym where their bodies are just so big that they could be flexing or not. You're like, I just don't know. So it's awkward and it's a lot of which way to the beach, Schwarzenegger, Mr. Universe shit. But, <laughs> you know, they're kind of like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's hard to not stare at the gold armor, yeah, I guess. I know. That's you know, pretty ostentatious. Ryan, can you roll me a deception or persuasion at advantage, please? 19. So they're buying it. Honestly, this seems like the least awful test they've had in a while. So yep. So stand aside. I will tour the facility and see if the rest of this situation stands up to your sublime example. Thank you, sir. They salute and they step out of the way. In we go. Uh, I continue yeah. marching imperiously. Like, for the first time, my back is ramrod straight. This is probably pretty creepy for, like, Quinny, who's never seen nice me speak voice or act like this. Yeah. Well, he was expecting some shit like, you know, I'm a priest of war or whatever your weird <laughs> voice would be. But uh, that was shockingly good. It is a weird thing, but stepping into this role is actually a little bit uncomfortably natural for Butthole because when he was Bobbert, he was expected to do all these things, but he didn't have the size, bulk, or combat capability. And he's realizing now having been at war for essentially a decade to a decade and a half, all of the movements that he saw them make that felt a little bit off makes sense to him now that he's in plate mail and he's stronger and being paranoid himself. They are all movements that allow you to fight at any moment's notice. Like you're never calm and he's realizing, oh, a lot of these were functionally and training made, not just snooty hoity behaviors. I'll also say as soon as you cross the threshold into the cloak tower, you feel a a vague sense of vertigo. You feel a little ill. Mm. You almost stumble. You don't, but the world seems to warp around you a bit. It's like stepping through a bubble. I'm just going to muscle through it and keep walking because I have no idea what I'm expecting to see, but I'm really acting like I do. The sort of central entranceway is very grand. It would have essentially been a fancy wizard reception area. So they lead you through that and there's sort of a central lift. There's a pillar of light with a platform So they guide you to that, and it sends all of you rapidly up into the sky. So you're shooting past floor after floor after floor. It seems like there's an impossible amount of floors. It's almost a Hanna-Barbera cartoon background of floors. And then you feel it slow to a stop, and you're in what looks like a library. Very large, three-level circular room with sort of a spiral staircase up the center. And there's a lot of unseen hand activity. There's people running around, and you can see most of the bookshelves have been cleared. And they seem to just be stuffing books into crates. On the top floor, uh, you can see occasional flashes of light, but you can't see what's causing them. Does anybody notice a war priest getting off the lift and um, show any kind of deference they, or anything? They continue to work. An attendant peeks over the top and goes, oh, 
uh, and starts, <laughs> he does the, the Canadian apology noise and starts running mm-hmm. down the stairs. He's a gnome. I point at him and say, you there, you will escort us through this workplace, showing us what you've done for the god of war. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, was, uh, was the archbishop not satisfied with uh, what we showed him earlier? You are questioning me, yes? What a high-risk proposition for someone of your stature in the eyes of the gods. Surely that is true. All right, well, uh, welcome. My name <laughs> is Gorgonzola Fettuccini Stinkmullet. However, you <laughs> may call me Doug, sir. <laughs> what? You can see he does indeed have a pretty stanky mullet. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's greased back. Like, he clearly gelled it all the way back, and his incisors are, are gold. Wow, this guy sucks. Yeah, he's the kind of guy who would, like, run a gold pond in Toronto. I take him in for a second, and I look him up and down appraisingly, as I know the priests of the war god do figuring out how to kill anyone. And I say to him, you will walk us through this facility and these processes, and you will describe both what you're doing and the security measures preventing it from falling to your enemies in times of war. Okay, come with me. So he leads you through the library, and you can see everyone's very industriously clearing books into the boxes. It says, so uh, as you can see, our next shipment should be ready uh, very soon. And hopefully that will mean that we do make our schedule drop off in time to receive our next shipment of the weapons. As you can see, we are working very fast to clear out the last remnants of the magical materials. It takes you kind of up the spiral stairs. You can see each floor, again, same thing. People just looting the books as fast as they can. On the top floor, there's a couple of mages who are maintaining a portal, and they're basically sliding the boxes through the portal. I'm imagining there's a couple of boxes lined up to go through. Mm -hmm. I just want to pick up one of the books out of the box. I just want to kind of get an idea of what the titles are, like just a vague idea. These all seem to be classic arcane. Like, Alan would have lost her fucking mind. These are just arcane tomes of power, knowledge, you know, classically useful wizard books. Glancing over the titles, I just want to use my gut and see if there's anything that might help with severing bonds between souls and gods. Sure. 20, not natural. You find and pocket a pamphlet. Cool. Polka, you see two guards really struggling with a box. And they're like, hey, uh, big guy, can you give us a hand with this? Sworn to war and sworn to your duty, you are, Hillock. Assist them in their task for the god of war. (laughs) (laughs) They both look at each other like, fuck, he's cool. (laughs) And dangerous. Without a word, I walk towards them slowly and with menace. (laughs) Great. They both clear the fuck out. Yeah. All right. Then I lift the box. Great. So you lift the box, you slide (laughs) it through the portal. You can see on the other side of the portal just seems to be a dock somewhere, and they they seem to be loading crates onto boats. I turn to him and say, Doug, when are you expecting the delivery of the weapons? I expect you to know to the moment. Sir, that's a reasonable expectation to have, but of course I'm only in charge of moving the books, and as you know, the, the weapons will not be delivered here. They never are. Excellent answer, Doug. Now here is a question, for I expect your knowledge to be both sharp and capable. Where are those weapons being delivered, Doug? And you may think, oh, I'm not supposed to say that, but remember, you speak not to me, but to the god of war. No, I'm, I'm okay to say that. They're being delivered to the front at Waterdeep. Excellent work, Doug. <laughs> However, you have failed in this test, and I snap out a hand and grab him by the neck and say, you are giving me information which you should have been forgiven to give. And now I know things I am not to know. Douglas, what a failure on your part. I am disappointed. I'm sorry. That is an excellent answer, Sir Doug. my mullet. I know that you have all failed in this security test. I made it to the end, but instead, this is what is happening. And what does that mean? 
these works are suspect. And your work is suspect. Set the boxes down now! They all do, and then they all turn to look at Hillock. I put the box down. Slowly and with menace. Oh, damn, they're so scared. <laughs> they, they do the same. It's a little bit like the, what's our cool big brother going to do? Oh, he's doing okay, we do it too. Um, and I walk back over to stand behind Butthole. So, yeah, they've all placed the boxes down. You can see people on the other side of the portal being like, uh, hey, you guys got to keep those going. Yes, they should. However, these are high-risk Suspects now. Everyone here could be an invader, a usurper, a method of war that is beneath the greatest of us. And as such, I will have to interrogate each of them. Surrender your arms to the hillock! So they all pull out their daggers and swords and stuff. None of them are packing rifles. No rifles up here. No weapons of appropriate deportment. I am disappointed yet again, friends. There's a tremendous explosion through the portal and suddenly here... <laughs> and there's a bunch of blasts fire. You just see Annan run by with daggers in her hands, and the uh, the ship seemed to be under attack. Well, things are going poorly over there. <laughs> <laughs> the portal blinks closed. Everyone, this is bad. Uh, <laughs> I expect all of you to report to the downstairs timey thingy immediately. Pick up the boxes. They're coming with us. Okay, they all pick up the boxes. Now put them down. <laughs> They put them down. Now you go to the elevators. <laughs> Fools, I told you to put them down. <laughs> they go to the elevators. Zarkan says, go down the elevators. They do. Zarkan says, send up the two people with rifles, because I need real <laughs> They're security already up gone. here. They left. You sent them all down the elevator. All right, so I'm sending two other people. I'll go. <laughs> Take the hillock. Bring up the two people with rifles. I require real security. It's just us up here, dude. <laughs> don't have to talk like that anymore. Everyone silence. I am Zarkan Warbringer. Okay. Uh, all right. This is really irritating. I'm just mashing the down button for the elevator to get back so I can just get out of here. All right. Halleck and Quinny get on the elevator. Uh, it shoots down. You know, you're zipping past things. There's probably like a weird Muzak version of Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go playing. It's, you know. <laughs> so actually just the regular version of Wake Me Up yeah. Before You Go-Go. You arrive down on the main floor and it's packed with unseen hand people now. Just kind of standing around waiting for orders. Yeah. You're making your way outside to get the guys with guns, is that correct? Yep. I'll motion to two guys. You two, come with me and the Hillock. You're uh, replacing a shift. Can you roll me a deception check, please? Yep. And Hillock, do you want to roll me an intimidation check, please? Mm -hmm. If we're helping each other out, does that advantage thing occur? Yes. 24. Yeah, that's a solid 11 right there. Despite my size, I'm not particularly intimidating. So you're trying to do intimidating things, possibly while flexing, possibly while picking up and putting down boxes. <laughs> but Quinny basically shows up and is like, yeah, this. And they're like, well, I mean, that tracks. That guy's big and scary. Okay. So uh, the two guards who are outside step through. You notice as they sort of pass through the weird field, their guns blink dark. Okay. So they get on the elevator and the four of you are heading up. I am standing there in silence. I'm not saying anything to them. Mm -hmm. So the elevator arrives at the top. And I say, after you. Okay. They step out into the room and they said, wait, where's the shift change? I attack them. <laughs> <laughs> Hillock, you taking the other one? Oh, you better believe it. Can you roll me in tech, please? I'm just watching with my whole speech I had planned, just shaking my head. <laughs> 15 to hit. I don't know what kind of weapon I have at this point. I don't think I have Bernice. That'd be a little bit... You've got, you've got a, a big martial weapon, so you'd be proficient with it. Great. Uh, 26. So those both hit. They're unexpected and right. looking away. Quinny, I think you do the prison shiv from Breaking Bad, where you just like shiv him a bunch of times in the back, <laughs> and then you turn to look at the Hillock, and Hillock has just fucking hacked the guy in half. And then he looks to you. 
Note to him. Well done. Yeah, nice work. So they're dead. Gentlemen, excellent work. Juniper, Quinny, you both have some interesting magical skills. See if there's anything worth stealing out of those cargoes. Hillock, we will be reporting downstairs in a moment. I think we can get some more rifles as long as we're fine with killing more confused people. Uh, do these work? Maybe we touch a thumb, they work? Yeah. Otherwise, oh, we got some spe- thumbs waiting of, right here. I'm, already, I'm already cutting we're the thumb off. Great. So you have the thumbs. When you press the thumbs to the guns, they don't light up. Nothing's happening. You quickly search through the books. Honestly, these are just standard magical tomes. They're impressive, but there's nothing here that's... I... Also, I don't know if anything would really jump out at me because I'm not really learned magic. Mm-hmm. I am looking for something in particular. In my research that I was doing to help Alan with mm-hmm. the materials that she had, there was reference to something called a phylactery. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if there's any more books that specifically oh, focus on that. Plenty of phylactery books. I'm going to grab one. Is there anything else you want to do on this floor? Here's the thing, because we got everybody here so I can sort of have this conversation. We can bring some more people up and get rifles. I can sort of create a panic about what's going on through the portal. What do we want to do? I got a lot of people downstairs and I can make them real scared real easy. What if we just came down, sent all of them up to the top of the tower and just gave them some task up here to keep them busy while we deal with the land transfer ceremony? Maybe I'll keep one person with us and we'll just use them to bluff through because as long as they're defending us, I don't have to lie much. Yeah. We can tell them to take us to the ceremony or take us wherever the hell we want to go. Where do we want to go? It's true. At this point, you would probably want to go directly to where the ceremony is happening to report that the port is under attack. So that is a completely legitimate thing to ask someone to do, do and they wouldn't blink. Do we want to report to Potatoes to try to get a talk with them? Yeah, and then we could snipe them or replace them. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go to Potatoes. I'm going to take whoever's the most in charge downstairs and be ready for this. We're going to scare the shit out it's of them. It's probably not Doug. Guy with that kind of mullet is not in charge of anything. Your sword is good. Keep it covered in blood. Don't clean that off. Done and, I'm and like, done. This is gross, but this is happening. And I grab the heads from the corpses and I step on their torsos and pull the heads off. So I have a severed head in each hand, and I step onto the elevator with the rest of our crew. But in my head, I'm just thinking, the ditches, the through the witches, slowly putting together a solid mashup. Wake me up before you Dragula. I like it. So the elevator lands in the center of the crowd. It's doing that like speed drop where it just lands and they look and they just see the hillock sword covered in blood. And I take the two heads and throw them to their feet. And say, those two were infiltrator agents who attempted to slay the Hillock. We are under assault, and all of you are expected to expend your lives in the name of the God of War. You will return upstairs. You will reclaim your weapons, and you will stand ready to defend the portal should it reopen from those traitorous monsters on the other side. Except for... You and I point to somebody who has like epaulets that look fancy, but is also about to pee himself. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds, but now we are selling some sick mugs, and it is so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. 
So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Snarf, 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 snarf. Wait, Goblin Jr., slow down. You're not wearing your translation amulet. Oh, hey, that's much better. Hi, I'm Goblin Jr., uh, beloved wolf companion of the Dum Dums and Dragons crew. And uh, listen, if you're enjoying our adventures, our, our snarfy fun, uh, you know, the adventures of, of Butthole and Quinny and Alan and Juniper and Bucky and all the rest, well, uh, listen, you'd really be doing us a solid if you'd go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. And hey, you know, if you want to help us on our adventures, uh, for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you can gain access to uh, Snarfy Discord and talk to all sorts of other fans about the shows. Uh, and you know, it just goes up from there. You can get ad-free feeds. You can uh, add your own characters. Uh, hell, you can even make an NPC at the $25 level. And you get your name in the credits at the end, which is which is a lot of fun, I'm told. Anyway, uh, you know, I don't know too much just being a wolf and all, but uh, what I do know is if you enjoy our adventures as much as uh, me and the crew like going on them, well, Patreon's a great way to help out. Uh, anyway, I'll uh, see you around, and I'll take this stupid amulet off. Snarf, 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 snarf. What is your name, soldier? Uh, my name is uh, uh, no- Noblest Detroit. I prefer that greatly to Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Doug is like stress stroking his mullet from like the top of his head down to mid shoulder. Doug, you will be in charge of the defense upstairs. And should you fail or should anyone else fail, you will all be put to death before the eyes of the god. You, Noblest, will take us immediately to Commander Potatoes of the Greywater Syndicate. We will report this assault and it will be dealt with a Appropriately. Very good, sir. It occurs to me that if we're doing the imperial British thing, then perhaps I should be on board with that as well. Perhaps. It's, I'm glad to hear you use the accent of the god of war. <laughs> Supposed to Now that voice there. is coming through that Quinny was expecting. <laughs> the sun never sets on the god of war. Forward. Get us moving. So he starts pushing people out of the way. He just kicks Doug. <laughs> Doug falls over. <laughs> Um, You're in command, Doug. Don't fail the god. I am the mayor of this tower. Oh, no. Oh, great. So you head out into the day. So the minute you pass back through the field, the guns click back on. But also you notice the sun is in a different position. It seems much lower in the sky. Uh, It seems time doesn't work the same way inside the cloak tower as it does outside. Very close to high noon. You're booking it to go meet potatoes. It seems like he's going to do his rousing speech to sort of the assorted square. They're going to unveil the statue. But Noblis explains that he can get you in for a private meeting right after that. So that will be after the transfer or after the dedication to our faithful the, god? The, the, the dedication, sir. Yes, continue. This is acceptable. He takes you to the square. You can see mercenaries of all sorts have gathered. This is definitely like a, a Don't Cry From Me Argentina speech from on high. You remember that Castle Never was lost in one of the many conflicts and that Never Ember had vowed to rebuild it um, mm-hmm. for the sake of, of the town. It looks like he made some progress, but now it has been retrofitted. It looks a lot humbler. It looks much more functional. It seems that Potatoes has been building it for a more Spartan life, but right, okay. uh, it definitely, definitely still has his weird little commander post. 
So he kind of comes to the balcony and he's got someone with thaumaturgical ability. So Potatoes has aged greatly since last you saw him, Butthole. You know, he's got long gray hair held back in his traditional bandana. He's lost an eye at some point. And he's, uh, he's wearing the traditional uniform of gray water. And he's wearing like an old gray water. It's several generations older than yours. He comes out, Polka, you can see Yumi too over his shoulder, kind of lurking, doing the very typically Peter Baelish pose, uh, looking vaguely disinterested. Like he's every anime villain you've ever wanted to punch. Poor Meowth. (laughs) 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 Great. Commander Potatoes sort of steps up to the lip. My fellow brothers, sisters, gender ill-defined creatures who have fought on our behalf across this great world. As you know, our time has come to an end. The time of fighting for nations, fighting for those who would give us coin. We have fought other people's wars our entire lives, and for what? The natural order is collapsing. This world is changing, and so we too must change with it. And there's like applause and cheers. Meowth, that's right. As my compatriot Meowth here said, (laughs) it is vital that we find our own place in this world. So we shall no longer work for nations, but we shall become our own nation. A place where soldiers can work for themselves. My friends, Neverwinter was a dream long lost. Behold the birth of a new dream, Outer Heaven. Yay! It's (laughs) just for me, that reference. Yay! He unfurls a a banner that's taken into account all of the insignias of all of the different mercenary groups. And in the center is kind of a a stylized O with lines through it. It looks very nice. It's reminiscent of the Greywater banner, but it seems to be its own thing. After all, we've served nations, but in our hearts we've only ever served the god of war. And so we shall serve war, and we shall bring war where we choose. No masters but ourselves! And he kind of holds up a fist, and everyone holds up a fist. And there's cheers, and someone hits a thing, and the scaffolding falls away from the god of war. And it's a very imposing statue that looks uncomfortably a little bit like Bobbert. Hmm. And there's cheers and applause and, like, popping of fantasy champagne. Grog. Popping of grog. (laughs) And then he gives a final wave and retreats back into the tower. And I just reach over and imperiously shove Nobilis (laughs) forwards. (laughs) So he starts clearing people. They kind of spread to the side. It seems like the Unseen Hand still has some level of seniority here, so they start moving people out of the way. Also, the giant hillock doesn't hurt. I mean, he does hurt. That's why they're scared. (laughs) (laughs) It's a time and a place for subtlety, and it's not now. (laughs) So uh, they lead you through into the palace and he brings you up to meet with Commander Potatoes. Before the meeting with Commander Potatoes, I would like to spend some stress. Sure. I would like to imagine that somewhere on the walk over here, I told Nobilis to remain in place and that the Ardents and I must pray to the god. So I walked us into an alley and just was like, okay, it is way closer to the ceremony than we thought it was going to be. I'm thinking we got to truncate the plan, but we're still keeping it all nice for everybody. We go in, we get Potatoes on his own, bonk him on the head, then Juniper, you got to become Potatoes. Sure. Then we just call for a meeting and we call in all the loyalists you know. Polka, anybody you know who you think would be reasonable and amenable to the deal. Right. And then we go and we'll just accept the handover unless we discover the terms are terrible, in which case kill the unseen hand when they show up. We can try the guns, but we'll try them in the room. No matter what the outcome of all this is, Yumi 2 need to be dead. If we can't get Yumi 2 to leave the room with potatoes, we ice them both. Fine. Just so when it comes up later, I have taken a piece of thread from my uh, burglar kit and I now have a thumb 
tied around my neck, just under my shirt. Okay, yep. great. Yep. Yeah, we don't have to give Juniper a thumb because she yeah. could just make it work. Um, I think I'm good. All right, so back to the future. But we have a bonus thumb, right? That we took two thumbs, so we just have like a backup thumb. That one we put on a are... necklace around your neck in yeah. case Juniper throws you the rifle, right. then you can use the thumb right. to shoot. Yeah, we need a reserve thumb. That's very important. Backup thumb is always important. Yeah. Okay, three points of stress for that, please. Perfect. <laughs> so you walk up to the doors. You can see as you move through the palace that all the trappings that Lord Never Ember had put up are being taken down. So family portraits, that sort of thing, are all being kind of taken and stacked. It's becoming a much more Spartan efficient space. You reach the Lord's chamber, so kind of a large meeting room, and Nobilis gestures to the door and then stands to one side. Excellent. Remain here in the name of the God of War. Then we go in. So you enter, and it's kind of a, a two door situation. So you enter the doors, there's a little sort of parlor sitting room space. You move through that, open the larger doors into the Lord's chamber. So it's a large, ornate room. Over the back wall, there's a large naked picture of Lord Neverember that you remember from your heist. Yes! Which mysteriously is still up. I think Mr. Burns' office from The Simpsons. So there's like a stuffed bear on one side, some sort of thick chairs. And uh, staring out one of the windows kind of over the courtyard is Yumi 2. And behind the desk is Commander Potatoes. I look behind me to make sure that they've closed the doors behind us. So we're through the two-door situation. And then I do that imperious stalk to the throne that's every shitty asshole in Game of Thrones where you just like walk the length of the office going, I cannot believe the laxity that you have represented through your forces in the city. We are under assault through the portal in the Tower of Shadows. And it is your fault that this is fallen in place. (laughs) The Tower of Shadows is a good indicator. (laughs) 20 total, but not natural. Great. It's a very convincing speech. Commander Potatoes looks up. He looks to Polka, but because you're in armor, he doesn't recognize you. But he sort of considers you for a minute, and he says, You know, you remind me of someone I knew once. He was a good soldier, met an untimely end on the battlefield. He believed in things, too. It's a shame he's not here now. Tell me, why are you here when I spoke to Archibald not ten minutes earlier? Unless, of course, the family resemblance is true, Barbert. Have you returned to us? Your speech is very convincing, but I know what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up, buddy? Ah, Bobbert Tingler, back from the dead. And I just pull off my robes. Uh, the the kind of war stuff comes off. I level my weapon at Butthole. Yeah, so I'm just going to keep talking to you like this is cool. So, hey, what the fuck is up with this whole city thing? Because you guys were doing great as mercenaries, and you knew taking over a city means you get to space, but you get a shitload of enemies. My weapon has very, very slowly come up, like really uncertainly in this time, too. I'm just like darting my eyes at Queen. Sure. <laughs> Robert, you left us in search of a god, did you not? Well, I mean, in, in service of a god. Sure. Semantics. I mean, that's pretty much religion, though. And you, I'm going to let this go. Continue. You're not wrong. And he starts spinning a very ancient but very fine revolver on the table in front of him. You went in search of your god. Well, we've found ours. We've served one for years. The god of war, the only constant in a soldier's life. Oh, I think fellowship is pretty high up on that. As, as I'm saying this, I just keep walking closer. <laughs> the closer you get, Yumi 2 kind of detaches from the window and the spinning of the revolver slows. Sure. Right. You talk of fellowship, but where were you for your fellow soldiers over the last 10 years? I was out helping the goddess find what she needed. Also, and my mind flashes back to the thing that's been going on where we had our discussion in the alley about how we couldn't deal with this guy. 
So I summon the fist of Moonhammer and have it punch the revolver off the table <laughs> and towards me. So the revolver's out of the equation. And then I'm just going to launch myself at Captain Potatoes. Commander Potatoes. I mean, to me, he's still the captain. Sure. So he rolls a dex check to catch the pistol. He fails. He's like, now you'll find out what they call me. Oh, damn, damn, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the pistol skitters away. You launch yourself. Yumi 2 moves faster than you could think possible. And I need everyone to roll initiative. Oh, nat 20 for initiative. So 24. Six. 18. 11. Okay, so, Butthole, I'm going to give you a surprise round for launching yourself at Commander Potatoes. And then I'm going to give Yumi 2 a surprise round because he's that fast. So yeah, I'm on board with that. Ooh. Okay, so I'm coming over the table. I already used the spell with Moonhammer, so I don't think I can get an extra one out of that. And I don't no. want to ask for it because that was pretty sweet and I'm pretty happy. <laughs> on the way by with my, like, shield, I, like, swing it back for a second and high-five the hand from Moonhammer and bring the shield around. <laughs> Uh, and then basically what I'm going to do is I'm just overhanding the Warhammer down on his head because I know he's a tough old fucker. You can't try to take Commander Potatoes alive. You got to just hope he survives. So one hand's bringing the hammer down and then the other hand's going forwards and I'm trying to just catch him in the neck with the T-Rex teeth along the edge of the shield with the shield. Well, that didn't go terribly well. But I am going to, while I'm doing this, give a scream from the depths of hell. Uh, just my, <laughs> my mouth opens, and it's not a hot snake, but it's got the same, like, hot, 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 hot. It just, just filters God. out of my mouth, blinding him as I come forward, so it becomes a 20 to hit. Uh, yes, that will hit. Great. And then the shield swings around. The shield gets 12 to hit. 12 does not hit. Well, then we'll take what we can get up front. So I'm all fart-charged. 11 damage from the Moonlight Bringer strike on okay. Commander Potatoes. You bring the hammer down hard on his head. Even though he's surprised, years of battle-hardened reflexes, he does that weird digital Han Solo shift from the remastered Star Wars films. <laughs> so you still manage to clip him, but not as much of him. You take a big chunk of that chair, though. Fuck Sick. that chair. Uh, bring us to Yumi 2. So Yumi 2 is leaping through the air, and you see in each of his hands, he kind of pops out Psylocke blades. So just a couple of energy, energy blades. blades? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, and leaps at you with them. So two strikes. What's your AC? 21. Okay, so one will hit. One is definitely not a hit. So you will take 14 points of regular damage and 12 points of psychic damage. Ooh. And I just yell, shoot the fast guy. <laughs> and he's like, ah, we meet again. Meowth. And he starts trying to punch you more. <laughs> which brings us to top of the round, which is him again. So he's just like, hit you with the blade. He's going to reach out and just put a hand on your forehead. And suddenly you just feel a wave of weariness. And all around, all of you start to feel lethargic time seems to slow. This is magic? Sure. So myself and anyone within 10 feet, uh, damage is halved. Okay. I need a con save from everyone, please. Six. Six. 23. And 19. He deals you 45 damage each, 22 if you didn't save, 11 if you did. I have an aura of warding. Keep that aura up. <laughs> so Stay great. within 10 feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can feel weariness, but also obviously there's a magical tingle to it. So at first you're just like, oh man, I could use a nap. But then slowly all joy and interest in life starts draining out of you. But he's luckily, a fucking dementor. You're in a happy zone yeah. due to Juniper. Which brings us to Quinny. I am scared of that Yumi 2 guy. Okay, so up to this point, I've been just pretending to be a regular guard. So as soon as the priest dropped the act, I pointed my gun at him. But now I'm going to shoot Yumi 2. <laughs> I reach for my thumb necklace, press it to the side of the gun. Go ahead and roll. Um, what's the modifier on that? Plus your dex. Like, no proficiency because it's a laser weapon. So, 11. Does not hit. 
the gun has more kick to it than you expected. Right, okay. Now, Polka. Yes. So while I see the destructive firepower of that gun, and I really want to my hands on it, I don't have one right now. So I'm going to draw my bloodstained sword, which I think I had earlier, mm-hmm. and I'm going to kind of shuffle around so I can take a swing at Yumi 2's back. Nice. 21? Yep, that'll hit. Great. I will say Bernice is stowed behind your back armor plate, so you can dig her out. It'll just take a round. For right now, let's use what's at hand. Four. Yeah. Four solid points of damage. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't use the word solid to describe that, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it is a non-zero amount of damage. I think generously we could call it solid. Yeah. 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 It's not gaseous. You just basically like <laughs> smack him with the broad side of the sword across the back. It's more insulting than anything else, but still nice. Oi, face me, motherfucker. Meowth. It is at this point where I whip off my helmet. <gasps> yeah. How's it going? You know what? I'm just going to say fuck you. <laughs> Polka, we meet again for the first time for the last time. Well. Fuck you, too. Oh, damn. Oh, zing. Five I spent damage. my whole life trying to get away from jokes like that. I'll kill you. Okay, so that brings us to Bobbert. I cackle maniacally, and Moonhammer uh, takes a swing right up into You Me Too's dick, huh. and that is 14. Just missed. That's fine, because what I'm doing is touching my chest with my newly fixed up hammer so it looks correct, uh, and I'm casting Cure Wounds on myself. <laughs> So I heal myself for 37 points of damage. Yowza. All right, uh, Juniper. Let's just use my two attacks to fire off two shots right at Yumi 2. All right, roll them bones. Nat 20 on the first hit. And a six on the second. (laughs) Well, the six definitely won't hit, um, but it does 2d10. 2d10, cool. So does that become 4d10 with a crit? Nice. Oh, awesome. 25 points of damage. Very nice. Nice. Juniper finally adding something to a fight. (laughs) (laughs) And all it took was a giant laser rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings us to Potatoes. Potatoes going to monologue a bit as he does this. Um, (laughs) So he pulls open his desk drawer and pulls out basically what looks like the baby version of those rifles. When he says, look, look at the wild power of these new weapons. War has changed. All dinosaurs like us are meant to be put down. Uh, and he's going to fire off two shots at Butthole. Oh, I thought he was going to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got more monologue, trust me. It's a lot more warrior's honor shit than that. Oh, but he rolls a crit. So oh, he no. fires two shots, and the first one goes wide. And he looks at the gun in disgust because such power, such unmatched potential, and yet so useless. So he's going to have to roll a wisdom save about the wild depression he feels about the nature of the world. (laughs) (laughs) You literally see him pull the gun up towards his head and then think about it. And then he kind of shakes it and then continues to point outward. Unmatched power, but nothing quite so elegant as a revolver. (laughs) Um, That brings us to the top of the round with Yumi 2, who's realized his arch nemesis is behind him so... He's going to do one of those crazy spin around moves and try and double uppercut under Polka's neck oh, with finally. psychic blades. So uh, he'll hit you with both, sir. Yeah, I would think uh, so. Take 20 points of physical damage and an additional 12 points of psychic damage. So for 32, 32. in total. So maybe half my hit points right there. That's <laughs> what you're saying. So yeah, I'm bloodied. Oh, All yes, right. you better believe I am. But undeterred. <laughs> yeah, so he feels pretty good about that. He, in his heart of hearts, always knew he was the best. And he'll prove it, damn it. Uh, that brings us to Quinny. I'm going to fire the rifle again at uh, Yumi 2. Great. 12 
will not hit. In my mind, I'm just seeing a miniature Quinny just continually knocking himself over with the gun at the door. <laughs> like every shot's in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, this office does not look good anymore. Uh, I'm going to run up to Polka because there's only so much I can do with both my hands. I'm going to take off the necklace as I'm running, uh, put the <laughs> thumb in my mouth, Yes. Uh, run with the rifle, slide between both your legs, throw the rifle up in the air, and then go, poof! <laughs> and, and spit the thumb up. <laughs> uh, and I would like to basically end up sliding between both sets of legs behind Yumi 2. Okay, so you're basically pinned between the table and Yumi 2 then. That's fine by me. Right. So I imagine the way that looks in slow motion is you're going under, poke a yoke down just in time, sword goes over the shoulder, thumb comes up, catch the rifle, catch the thumb. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Good turn there, Quinny. I had to do something. <laughs> just been missing. Polka. That was great. Lock and load, baby. <laughs> you better believe it. Now, since we have our gambling connection from earlier and I have a point of inspiration that I haven't cashed in from that set time, we have this badass combo that has apparently <laughs> happened right here. What can I cash that in for right now? Because I feel like this is like my last round before Yumi 2 fucks my shit up. Currently, you're at point blank range. Yes. So I've got two options for you. One, I'll let you spend your inspiration to counteract the disadvantage from close range firing. But because of your gambling combo, I'll let you fire twice rather than once. Basically, you'll do the doom thing where you just put a leg up on the table and just start shooting into his back. Yeah. Two, I'll give you an athletics check at disadvantage to kick off against the table Max Payne style and just fly backwards firing the weapon. In which case you would have advantage because you're not at close range. If I do option A, I get two attacks. But if I do option B, it looks way more badass. <laughs> do you get two attacks anyway as a fighter? Two attacks, yeah. Sweet. So in that case, if you're standing and firing, I'll give you three. I gotta go with three shots. I gotta do it. Noise. Yeah. Full on doom marines. Yeah, for real. This is not the time for half measures. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So three attacks with the rifle. Just adding dex, right? Or does yes. he get to add proficiency? He gets to add proficiency because he's a gun guy. So Great. Eight. So here we go. Attack at plus eight. That's twenty three. Yep. That is twelve. <laughs> it's actually pretty close, but no dice. Okay. No. And then attack at plus eight. Twenty four. Great. Yeah. Two solid hits. All right. Papa needs a new pair of holes in Yumi two. 26 points of damage. You like blow a hole in his shoulder. One goes straight through the bottom half of his ribs. You can see kind of psychic energy start to form over the holes. It's just holding his guts in, but he's he's in rough shape. He yells out in rage and fury. He names several Pokemon. Um, <laughs> From behind him, I just yell, pew, pew, hammer goo. It's your go, man. Yeah. yeah. Moonhammer comes up to punch him right in the crotch. <laughs> Moonhammer hits him with a 24. Yep, oh, do. yeah. Moonhammer does 20 damage that's with the crotch be, shot. That's got to be it. So, blam, blam, and he struggles to his feet. He's doing the classic Boromir taking too much. You see the blades grow wider as he stands to face Poka. And Poka, as you've got the gun against him, you see a phantom fist coming up out of the ground. What do you say to him right before it hits? Nuts to you, me too. <laughs> <laughs> the fist hits him. <laughs> The psychic powering he was using to hold himself together dissipates, and just his sort of midsection crunches. Oh, oh. 
Gross. Um, his psychic swords disappear, and he has just enough time to grab his crotch as he falls over dead. And I spin around because that's just a bonus action, baby. And I look at Captain Potatoes and I say two things. One, war is the same. And two, <laughs> fuck you, Timothy Dalton. <laughs> and I'm going to run at him and take my shots with my hammer as this goes. So... 21 to hit with the hammer. Yeah, that'll hit. And then I'm just going to do a flying spin to go into a second hit that's fart-powered. 25 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. Great. Hot rolling. 12 damage. Okay. And on the second one, 11 damage. So a grand total of 23. So first one, you just swing. This time you don't miss. You hit him in the shoulder. You hear his collarbone snap. He kind of drops to one knee, second hit, hits him. He spits out blood. He falls backwards still with the pistol trembling in his hand. And then you see his other hand, he kind of like brings it up to his mouth, sees the blood, sees the blood on your war hammer, and he laughs. He goes, ha, maybe you're right. War. War <laughs> never changes. And then he puts the gun to his head and... Okie dokie. Okie dokie. You hear... Pardon me, sir. Is everything okay in there? It's me, Nobilis. Remember me? Nobilis, this is Zarkan Warbringer. Uh, and I stalk over to the door and I open the door just to crack... And I say, this is a list that has been prepared by Commander Potatoes of soldiers he needs present here immediately. Do this and know you serve the god of war. And I just shove the list that we've written into his face. <laughs> and then I just close the door on him knowing he'll bring them. Talk to the list because the face don't want to hear it no more. Story of my life. And he storms off. I haven't got to be a stuffy British guy in a while. This is great. <laughs> Killed all the other ones. He's not even a butler. Uh, at this point, I'm like, okay, we got to get Commander Potatoes outfit. We got to yeah. put it on Juniper. Juniper, you got to change over. I'm going to find that revolver and we get you behind the desk. Quinny, you and me just got to shove the bodies under the desk. Like, it's just got to be invisible and Quinny's we'll just like, like mop blood. Uh, is there like a broom closet like in this office or I mean, like a There's washroom? no broom closet, but like there is that giant stuffed bear. I cut the bear open oh, there from we the go. back. And I say, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> cut my bear in two pieces. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Stuff some corpses in it. Yeah. <laughs> we do. I Your think... beloved commander <laughs> just nah, stuffed man, his he, naked body. He turned into an asshole. So uh, we stitch him in the bear. And then Quinny and we'll put Polka on either side of the door with their rifles ready to come in. Uh, and I'll actually stand with them. <laughs> so all okay. they see is Commander Potatoes spinning a revolver on the desk when they come through the door. Just and so like a lot yeah. of blood. Just so this doesn't come back to bite us. Do you want to use Juniper's gun and your thumb, or do you want to use the other thumb I gave you plus my gun? You take Juniper's rifle and you take his necklace. So yes. everybody yes. has the right thumb. And I to have the right Quinny's gun. original gun and necklace. Okay. And, it, um, and the thumb he kept in his mouth. Yes. Who's on we first? Got mouth thumb, right? <laughs> I've got the mouth thumb. You have solved my puzzle of swapping thumbs and guns. <laughs> and yeah. it's really weird, but like Captain Potato, I just had to strip him to examine him. Yeah, no, that's it's, fine. It's completely technical. Well, you know, they may ask you to just <laughs> Wait, show so your dick. I Exactly. I was going to say, look, it's me, your beloved Commander Potato. See, just like lift your shirt up and like observe sure my dick. Hey, you never know what situations I'm going to get whoa, whoa, whoa. into. This my is like an Anthony Weiner situation here. My nipples are the correct width and frigidity. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. That is correct. They are. Yeah, we're waiting for them can to come do back a quick in through powwow the door. talking points? I mean, if we want, we can talk about how Potatoes is retiring and turning over control of Greywater to his uh, former sub commander, Polka. If 
right. we wanted to. And then I will be able to run the whole thing cool. without any yeah. subterfuge. I'll just back you as a heavy. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. That sounds great. The soldiers arrive to find Commander Potatoes spinning a revolver and thinking about life. His eye patch is on the wrong side, but, you know, he does that sometimes. Just keep people on their toes. <laughs> Strictly ornamental. <laughs> They're uh, surprised to see Polka. They were told that he'd been on a top secret mission. They're glad to see he's back. They're a little surprised to see a priest of the God of War cult. Oh, no, I stripped my stuff off and the paint's gone. Now it's just butthole. Oh, okay. There's just a giant dude, I guess. <laughs> um, That's but, less surprising, You frankly. know what? Stranger things. And then, of course, uh, Unseen Hand Guards. So they're a little un- uncertain about the Unseen Hand Guards and say, uh, what's this about, Commander? One of you, tell me, what is the most important quality in a soldier? Loyalty and caring about your fellow soldiers. Precisely. Which is why we have welcomed back Sub-Commander Polka into the fold. Hooray! They all like take their hats off and throw it in the air and then catch them very efficiently and put them back on. And now let me tell you this. I take this fine, momentous day to announce my retirement. They said to each other. They're like, oh, wow. They just hold my hand up. <laughs> Leave that hanging. Leaving. Just With like the waiting. Upward. The upward inflection is so good. Wow, retirement. I mean, he's been talking about how much he's looking forward to being the Lord of Outer Heaven for years. But you know what? He does seem more mellow. He hasn't given us any (laughs) monologues about the nature of loyalty yet today. So that's pretty great. I'm going to roll with this. Uh, Okay, Commander. Well, um, are you handing the reins to Yumi 2? No. Yumi 2 was not loyal. But we shall speak of Yumi 2 no more. They all stare at the blood. (laughs) Stare back up at you. And they nod. Sub-Commander Polka. Now, Commander Polka. (gasps) All hail the commander. And they all do like the gray water intricate hand gesture. And then they all come out and one by one make out with you very reverently. <laughs> nice. This is so much like my dreams. It's scary. <laughs> I start putting back on my God of War outfit, realizing I'm going to need this outside. <laughs> 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 Having defeated Commander Potatoes and Yumi 2, Poco, you are now able to take complete control of the gray water syndicate. You kind of immediately get some briefing documents and you're informed that the siege of Waterdeep is going very badly. However, you remember that you actually had a contract with Waterdeep. That was one of the many things that the commander ignored and that's part of the reason they're in such dire straits. So you've got command of Greywater as well as it seems a number of the other mercenary companies that seem to have bought into this outer heaven idea. The soldiers who are there are kind of standing by for your command. Well, that's very interesting. First, I want to say with all due respect to Commander Potatoes, you did a great job. It was a, he was a great commander, and we all really respect him. And let's let's have a round of applause. Let's have a round of applause for Commander Potatoes. There's just that one soldier who's going. That was really good. We got a beatnik soldier here, and I'm okay with that for the moment. But we'll be talking about that in the all future. Right, man, groovy. Yeah. Okay, you can stop talking immediately. But um, in another more accurate way, many of Commander Potatoes' policies were bad. And we should reverse them. <laughs> Everybody looks to Commander Potatoes. He's correct. This is why I'm retiring. He did monologue a lot. Yeah, that tracks. Okay, great. So let's start with calling off the attack on Waterdeep because we have a contract with them to defend them, not attack them. And we are a company of honorable men and women. So we should go engage with the Unseen Hand who are attacking Waterdeep? We should absolutely do that. Those guys are dicks. They all pull out weapons and immediately turn to like assault the one Unseen Hand guy. Well, not him. He's, He's cool. Show him here. It's cool. Cooney just puts his thumb on the gun like nothing happens, and he holds up his thumb and puts it to the gun, and it like lights up. Everyone's like, "Oh, see, yeah, pretty good, pretty good, right? Yeah, not bad, right?" The same guy who saw you in that previous battle goes, "Close up magic." 
<laughs> the beatnik very quietly hides his thumbs. Yes, we do need to reverse some policies, but we need to be smart about this because uh, the Unseen Hand have laser rifles, and we don't have those. So what we should do is wait for the Unseen Hand to pull out of the city, because it seems like that is a large part of the plan in the first place. For right now, let's send a messenger over to our forces in Waterdeep that when the messenger gets there, go ahead and call off that attack. So they spread out. The uh, Greywater forces at Waterdeep will turn on their current compatriots, uh, the Unseen Hand, and engage them and assist in the defense of the city. Do we have to do the handoff ceremony that's supposed to happen in 10 minutes? Yes, you do. Yeah, uh, we, should, oh, yeah we should do that. Yep. How do you guys want to play that? I think we should probably have Commander Polka accompany former Commander Potatoes, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And, and that it would be like a passing of the passing. I will be there as an honorary figure only. You'll take the hand off and then you'll hand off to me. And we play it straight until the unseen hand is gone. Yeah. And then Juniper doesn't have the best history with fiction. Are you good to handle that one alone? Do you need any of us near? Because we got him in uniform. We could switch him over to Greywater. I could go as the priest of the God of War if you want somebody in your corner. Yeah, no, let's have some legitimacy here. Yeah, go ahead and... Uh, okay, I'll follow. If there's one thing this company stands for, it's legitimacy. So let's just back that up a little Perfect. bit. Perfect. So I yeah. put on my fake cleric outfit. <laughs> Thus backing up legitimacy. Yes. <laughs> and I re-smear my makeup in appropriate ways to go back to almost gold dust. It's not great, but I think you put too much care in the first time, so you actually look closer to most of them now. I'm also covered in a fair bit of my own blood, which really does add to the whole God of War legitimacy. <laughs> yep, great. Where are... I think they're all and part of the right We're suiting him up as Greywater, so he's oh, coming as well. Am I keeping yeah. the rifle then, or no? Stash the rifle in the office. We definitely want to keep Stuff it. Stuff it yeah. in the bear. Stuff it in the bear. <laughs> Stuff it in the bear. Okay. All of you troop out. Nobilis guides you up the stairs into what actually seems to be a larger floor. Neverember's Castle, if you've seen pictures of it, which maybe you have, maybe you haven't, Sort of a, a castle built on a cliff, so it's a very fine space, lots of spires, very big. It kind of led deep into the bowels of the castle and uh, onto sort of a larger floor. A lot of this area is unfinished, has battle damage, it's very worn. Finally, you're led into a large dining hall. Nobilis says, pardon me, the, uh, the representative from the Unseen Hand will be here momentarily. And he gestures to the seats, and then realizing he's a butler, bows, closes the doors, and leaves you. So large, finely appointed table, lots of food, lots of drink. What do you do? Does this sound right? Does this feel right? That they wouldn't be here? Yeah, that's very aristocratic. Is about being incredibly late to things. It's a polite insult to yeah. the people where you're more important than they are. So I don't see them being here for another like five minutes. Should but you not be here then? Like, is it weird that you showed up? You just unveiled a statue to the God of War. So I could be an itinerant priest. Okay. It's, it's never going to do you bad with the tinglers to have a priest of the God of War present. So long as they don't show up late and ask, what are you doing here? I'm happy. Oh, no, no, no. They want you there first because the idea is that you have to be on time because they're so important. But they Got can it. be late because you're not important. It's, it's a whole bunch of old Game of Thrones bullshit that they do. If this is a ceremony, am I going to have to say something? Maybe. I don't know if they did this in advance, but honestly, they're probably going to do 90% of the talking okay. and you like bow respectfully. Okay. Yeah. So the doors at the far end of the room bang open and four Warsworn come in in a line. Each of them has like a different, large, terrifyingly gold weapon. There's a halberd. There's one with a boar spear, one with a very vicious looking sword in each hand, and one with a large battle axe. And then a very gaunt, hunched woman comes in. She's wearing what should be regal, but is actually really creepy-looking vestments made of crimson velvet, lots of heavy gold. And then she steeps her fingers Jafar-style mm. and says, Presenting the Archbishop 
Archibald Tingler. And she steps to one side, and a man steps very uh, arrogantly and firmly into the room. He's wearing a big, stupid, pointed hat because he's an archbishop. I immediately take a step to the left behind Polka. <laughs> <laughs> so he sweeps into the room. He's wearing the material of vestments, but in the form and design of armor. So it's a mix of ritualistic religious pageantry, but also looks like it might actually be velvet-wrapped combat armor. Interesting. Bare-armed. He's a big, vicious-looking motherfucker. Looks a lot like Bobbert, but during his forsaken phase. Ugh. Cutting jawline, hugely ripped. He walks in. He looks at you. Bobbert, what are you doing? I am standing directly behind Polka, <laughs> trying to be as small and invisible as possible. I really cannot afford to be seen. Okay. Uh, he says, ah, Commander Potatoes, is it? It is your bishopness. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Please. Take a seat, all of you. The moment I think I can drop to my knees behind Polka just to stay invisible, like, fuck that. Like, I'm not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, I want to stay as tiny as possible. You get underneath the table. Stop helping. <laughs> <laughs> this is my worst nightmare. Okay. I just look at Quinny with the most big help me Quinny eyes I've ever seen. Okay, Quinny, as an innocuous soldier, just kind of blends into the background, right? Uh, Yep. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to make my way over to the table and quickly get down and, and get by you and say... How can I help? We gotta get out of here because I'm. If he sees me, we're completely fucked. And that's all I need. And I'm and I'm up and I'm looking for exits. Good. I'm just shaking. Yeah, so hiding and shaking. There's two doors to the north, both of which are now guarded by Warsworn. They came in that way. They came in through one of them, and then two of them moved to guard the other one. Got it. Windows? None. You're deep in the bowels of the castle. Got it. And then the door that you entered through behind you. Okay. So, potatoes, you're sitting down. Oh, I'm sitting. Great. And how about you, Polka? I am standing directly behind my commander. So he sits at the other side, and the little stooped attendant rushes through and takes the big centerpiece of flowers that's unnecessarily big off the center, so you can actually stare at each other across the table. And says, we have retrieved all the knowledge we will need for now from your cloak tower. Appreciate your assistance in all of this. And now you may have your outer heaven potatoes. I nod deferentially. <laughs> but keep in mind, you work for us. You will always work for us. We own you. And when the god of war calls, you shall answer, correct? I just put my hands out supplicantly. I see that you've learned the art of silence since last we spoke. You've just increased your survival odds considerably. And he nods to one of the war sworn, whose shoulders just slump slightly. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming the guy who walked in holding his two swords, <laughs> like already ready to fuck shit up. If you, if you were within range, you could hear him mutter, could have just brought one. <laughs> <laughs> so you will be stepping in as Lord of Neverwinter now, is that correct? I nod. Good. If I find anyone else has taken your place, I shall be most disappointed. You know how I care for bureaucracy, so... I nod again. I'm so fucking scared. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, so he says, uh, in that case, I believe our dealings have come to an end. And he stands and he kind of sweeps the room. Bottle, can you roll me a wisdom save? 27. As he sweeps the room, all of you can feel... He's not looking. He's searching. He's seeking... And Juniper, his gaze actually passes over you pretty easily. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know you. He has no interest in knowing you. And so far, he has no reason to believe anyone but Commander Potatoes would be here. Polka, he knows soldiers. He's not getting any vibes off you. You seem completely calm, controlled. But his eyes stop over the space where the two of you are crouched. Mm. And you can almost see him sniff the air. Mm. And his eyes seem to go a bit red. He says, who's there? Stand. I stand up. I stand up and like kind of look incredulously like, what do you? I turn and run. 
Stop, Bobbert. I stop in place. He smiles. So nice to have you back. Please do me a favor. Kill your friends. Fucking tits! <laughs> I reach behind my back. I take out Moonlight Bringer. And I pull out my T-Rex shield as I turn around and I just say, I am so sorry. I just need you to die. And I charge at Quinny and swing the hammer down as the chain shield shoots out before slicing at his spine. Roll initiative. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-A ZZAR, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. So... Alan, you open your eyes, your arm outstretched, you fall hard to the floor. It's a cold metal, you find that you're no longer in the prison, and you're shocked looking down at your hands that they look like your hands for the first time in quite some time. You're in an unfamiliar space, you kind of struggle to your feet, and around you are all sorts of large, strange machines. You see large panels full of light, and to your surprise, text, images, diagrams, you see small buttons with letters, numbers all around you, and in front of you, a large glass window. And outside, you can see strange machines zipping by full of colorful lights. And all of a sudden, you start to hear a large, blaring alarm siren. Warning, Xanthus, they're closing in. I recommend you evacuate immediately. And you hear pounding on the door, bang, we know you're in there, heretic! Open up! And uh, suddenly a torch welder starts burning through the large metal door behind you. Looking around directly in front of you, you can see a few things. There seems to be a small rectangular object with one of these sort of glass screens with information on it. There also seems to be something that looks like a hand crossbow, but much more technologically advanced. On the small rectangular object, you can actually see a picture of your face rotating in 3D. Xanthus? Open up! Right of the breaches! You hear some clicking against the door. I pick up the crossbow. It's heavy metal in your hand. Kind of turn it over. It seems to have a number on the back, a trigger, but there doesn't seem to be any bow-type elements to it. Where am I? Butthole? There's nothing. Quinny? A spheroid thing drops from the ceiling and says, Bottom me, Xanth... Oh, you're not Xanthus. And you can see the torch welding behind it, seeming to cut a large portal in the wall. No, help? Well, whoever you are, I would recommend escaping, as the kill squad will be here momentarily. I would suggest the window. Suddenly the torch hits the bottom and you hear an explosion. The door explodes behind you. I run at the window as fast as I can, feet through the glass. Yep. And I will attempt to cast Feather Fall on myself. You burst through the glass and find yourself falling through a massive space surrounded by large metal buildings. And you begin to fall. All around you are strange objects whipping by at high speeds. You see large electronic screens. You realize you're in somewhere you never thought you'd be, somewhere far, far from where you belong. And then all of a sudden, you impact against something and blackout. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
Kilner accepted the job of smuggling escaped heiress Samantha Trapp across the galaxy. She expected the job to be over and done with quickly, but now they're stuck with each other and they have a job to do. Think of Automnicon as a sort of student loan company. You take a loan from them and then they own you until you've paid it off with interest. So all I have to do is pay off my debt? Fine, I can do that. How much do I owe? 900,027 credits and counting. You're stuck here with me to work it off. We Fix Space Junk is a sci-fi sitcom from Battlebird Productions featuring Travelling by Cryo. Don't worry if you feel like you're drowning. That's perfectly normal. Wait, what? Aliens from across the galaxy. Greetings, visitors. Stop, popcorn! Hello, Your Excellency. AIs. Dad, how do I do air? You're already doing it automatically. Calm down. And, of course, thrilling and exciting missions in outer space. Hello, valued employees. Here are the details for your next exciting mission. You will be repairing a device redacted in or at the location redacted. We Fix Space Junk is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe, consume, integrate, indoctrinate, assimilate, degenerate, and watch your body decay into a faceless husk as your mind floats aimlessly in space. Register your interest with Automicon now. <laughs>